Hello and welcome to Bluebells Forever, a podcast with interviews of Bluebell dancers past and present. Join Sherry Lewis, a Bluebell herself, as she leads us on a journey through story and experience. And now here's Sherry. Welcome to Bluebells Forever. And first I have to welcome back Anne Green, who is, this is number five. She, she was one in the beginning when I started this. I go, I have to interview Anne. She's one of my besties. She also has great stories and also great storytelling skills. Um, I interviewed you. You interviewed me. I interviewed you interviewing your husband. We did the funny <laughs> stuff. And now we're back um, because Anne worked in Jubilee. Anne was one of my students. And then Don, Don Draper, wait, Santos. Is that right? Sorantos. Sorantos. I've left out a, a, a little syllable there. Um, we have an overlap because you worked with Greg Thompson. Right. And so this is so fun because Anne was one of my students. And then I, and I taught you the show for, for Reno for Greg Thompson and knew you because we had so many mutual friends. And then Anne's talking about the show. And I think your name came up and with Annie B and all these people. And yeah. It's so fun to see when these worlds um, come together because I'm 10 years older than Anne or she's 10 years younger than me. Yeah. Um, and to see like how, how some of the people that I adored when I worked in these shows were like in her life now. And I also thought, okay, there's going to be a lot of laughter because you guys are both pretty funny. <laughs> and we've got some pictures at Anne's wedding together, I think with netting over our face. So that's yeah, very serious. And when you have friends that have good friends, it also makes all the functions really, really much more enjoyable when you're like, I recognize some people. And Anne's got good people in her life. Um, so I would love to just um, kind of freewheel this. Anne can ask questions, but let's at least start with you, Dawn, of like why you started dancing, where you started dancing, when you started dancing. Um, okay. Uh, it was Bellevue Ballet School. Uh, I was going, uh, let's see. Uh, I, that was, um, I might, I might, I might not speak so well, but um, uh, um, Bellevue Ballet School with Gwen Barker. And Is she PMB? Was she Pacific Northwest Ballet? I don't think so. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, I just know that she was like Joe Emery. Was Joe teaching ballet or just jazz back then? Both, I think. She did both. <laughs> so you had some good training. That did you start as a a kid, a teenager? I was 13. Okay. So you just jumped right up there to the good stuff. You didn't have to do yeah, the. I just, I said, I, oh, I, I want to do this, mom. <laughs> you Why started you... at 13? I don't think I realized that you started at 13. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You had a gift, girl. I, no, I just liked it. <laughs> <laughs> what, what even drew you to it? Like at 13, you're figuring out like, are you do sports or cheerleading? Like what drew you to dance? It was, I took my ballet class and, and I said, I like this. I want to do this. This is going to be fun. And I, you know, something for me to do, you know, I, I, I really liked it. I didn't want to play football or anything, <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. And so, so I kept going to ballet, you know, and I just kept doing it. And then finally got, got, uh, uh, a show which was to go, go to Bermuda, which you know now Follies eighty two, and that did you 
Yeah. Did you know of Greg Thompson? Because living in Seattle, we, a lot of us dancers kind of knew of this, but and they had yeah. a show for a while. Had you seen it or had friends that were in those first few years when he was at the music hall? Or how did you even know? I, this was I, I, I was Follies 82. That was, I got, I don't know how I got in there. How did I get in there? <laughs> I think it was probably was Annie B, who the only person that would drag, drag me in there. <laughs> <laughs> in the music hall and you know and I got I I auditioned and I I got it and then did I, you you were taking with Joe Emery beforehand right because she was yeah. choreographing at that time yeah for Greg because that was the thing I wanted to work for Greg because I wanted to work with Joe Emery because I loved her choreography yeah so you'd already been exposed to her wonderfulness yeah, yeah. But then to go to Bermuda, what? Because I've heard for for Greg for Bermuda you don't get given that your first you had to like almost serve time in Valley Forge or um, the other places that he had, Lenox City, which is, that was known, like if you're a really good dancer, you go there. But Bermuda was kind of like, no, you do a few shows before we let you do Bermuda. So how, you, you well, got I, right in there. I really literally went from just straight to Bermuda. Wow. <laughs> I guess awesome. it, but it needed some people, you know? And so I, I just, I got in it and I, and I had a blast and I was like, oh my, I love this. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, the fun thing is like you get to travel. They pay you to travel. Yes. And you're living in Paris and you get to do a show, however many, you know, hours a night, you got all that free time. It's mm -hmm. a pretty good gig. At, were you yeah. right out of high school? Uh, no, I was a little, uh, a little bit older. Uh, how old was I? I was 20, 20, 20, no. <laughs> 20, 20. Don't put those two numbers together. No, never again. No. I think it was 24, maybe. Oh no, I can't remember. Shit. Were you there with a lot of young? Cause I know like when I did the ship, you'd have people who had done a few things and then you get those ones fresh out of high school that are ready to like, party and <laughs> so it's interesting if you've got a little if you've been out there a little bit the, the experience is different it's also in the cast could make some interesting um annie b was a driving force for me she was she wanted to she wanted us to be together all the time and and we always you know that's why we went and did shows in bermuda and aruba and and all those fun places <laughs> So where did you go after? Because there's a gap in between when you were in Bermuda, when I was in Bermuda, because then Greg took that show to Reno and I taught right. you to come in I as a replacement. One, I did one show in Reno. Yeah. I did. It was uh, for one month. And it was... That was... Psst. Yeah. Was it psst, that, that worst name of any show ever given? What was the name of it? It was P-S-S-S-T, like psst. Yes. <laughs> yes. It yes. was called Follies Go Hollywood when it was in Bermuda and he changed yeah. the name. So the poster, yeah. I think it was Janet and it had PSS like really big. And I just remember everywhere we'd go, like we'd take class, people, oh, you're in the pissed cast. I'm like, yes. So you just stopped explaining it. Yes, I'm a pissed dancer <laughs> in the pissed show. <laughs> if you're listening to this, Greg Thompson, that was one thing you did not do well. That, that no. name <laughs> that made us all miserable trying to explain ourselves oh my god <laughs> yeah yeah so is that your last greg thompson show then um because i got yeah yeah i think that was it 
how did you end up as a blue belt? Because I know once you get in this world, you find out from your friends, fellow dancers. It was, I'm sure that it was all Annie B's fault. <laughs> she will give her me, credit. Yeah. Uh, uh, I got, I got, how did I get in there? I don't know. I just, I, I heard Jubilee anyway. Did you like, were you, did you go to Vegas specifically to audition? Cause like, I, I mean, you know, I was living in Seattle. So when I went and auditioned for Jubilee, I went to Vegas and, you know, lined up auditions at the various hotels and that kind of thing. Were you already in Vegas or did you go there specifically to audition? To audition. Yeah. Yeah. To audition. Yeah. That was, that was good. It, was, it worked. <laughs> was, did you, were you there for the beginning of the show or had the show already been running? It'd been running. It'd been running. Definitely. Did you have a big cattle call or was it individual with um, or whoever else? I, who did I replace? I replaced somebody. And who was it? Hmm. Who could it be? <laughs> well, they weren't there very long for you to know them because you replaced them. So <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. Shoot. Because when, when I auditioned, I did a private audition and it was Susan who taught me and then Fluff came and watched me. And then um, they said, thank you. And I came back up to Seattle. And then it wasn't for like months later then then I got a call from Fluff because someone was breaking contract. And so that's when I, I ended up coming down. So I, I, I auditioned all over the place, didn't get anything and just came back up to Washington and like, you know, started to enroll in college and get a job. And then Fluff called and said, hey, do you think you want to do Jubilee? And I'm like, yeah, I'll be there in 10 minutes. You got it. Was it <laughs> Which like, is usually how much time they give you. I know, you have 10 minutes. Was it something like that, Don, where you like, you went and auditioned and you left, um, uh, left and then got called back? Or were you in Vegas when, like, were you hired then and you knew I, you were going into the show? I, I, know, I know it was Annie B's doing that got me in that show. Yeah. There's no, I, I didn't, I don't remember much us auditioning. Was she already in the show? Pardon? Was she already in Jubilee? No. Or she so you she, guys wouldn't. If we're cut. I got then be into into Jubilee. I did. That's <laughs> there you I go. I, that yeah, I, I know. It's just the back in the back end of my head, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's amazing when you start remembering all this and all the other memories and you're going to start having really weird dreams yeah. again. That's what happens when people start talking about ba backstage. They'll say, oh my gosh, I'm having all these dreams about I have to get on stage and I forgot. So just be prepared. Once we jog these memories, they're going to start coming out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, she got, she was too short to be in Jubilee, you know, and yeah, it, yeah she was too short, but I, but I helped to get her in. <laughs> really? Yeah, because she, she kept, you know, being on her toes all the time. <laughs> <laughs> she was willing herself to grow a little taller. She, yeah, she was short for Jubilee, big time. Yeah. How so, tall are you, Don? I think I feel like you're nine. taller than I am. Five nine. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So was it just one-on-one -on -one audition, massive audition, or do you? Yeah, I don't know. I couldn't enemy stand you know like <laughs> stand on your toes <laughs> did you go in as a blue belt tall nude they had sharp nose we yeah. called them they were called ponies in hello hollywood i think we're the only show that had ponies which confuses people they were called ponies the nudes called were called ponies. ponies the short ones we had tall nudes instead of calling short nudes they were just ponies and i think it was just a hello hollywood hello thing because if you say 
Because even saying tall nude, you're like, do I say that out loud? Because it sounds like we're naked. Bluebell sounds like a flower. So you've got naked people, uh-huh. flowers, and ponies. And it's yeah. starting to sound like a circus. <laughs> Have fun. Yeah. Yeah. What were you Bluebell? Pardon? Were you a Bluebell? I was a Bluebell. I was stri- strictly Bluebell. I didn't do any, any, I did, once I got in there, I said, I can breathe again. <laughs> and, and I just settled in and had a blast. All I remember, it sounds like when I, a blast. I just remember, Don, we would have to make sure we got our costumes on sooner than later in between because we would have so much fun and be so ridiculous between the numbers that we we're like, oh my gosh, we got to run up and get on the stage. No, like, get on stage. <laughs> all the time, we got to go. Like grabbing our hat and running up those <laughs> stairs and then being super serious once we got up there for Samson or whatever we're doing. And I just, uh, we just had so much fun backstage. We just laugh and laugh and laugh. And then sometimes we do a show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We just laughed. All, just And we did, Sherry, we all sat, all the bluebells sat on one side of the dressing room. Right. And um, we're just ridiculous. Just <laughs> drove everybody crazy. We just drove everybody crazy. Is Dawn part of this loud when you were talking about the color thing that people would tell you guys to shut up? Was Dawn part of that? Oh, loud? absolutely. I can't imagine that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Missy, Missy was the instigator. She started a lot of that stuff, but oh my um, gosh, she's so funny. We we made it happen. Loud. We were always in trouble. Fluff was always telling us to come, coming in and telling us to be quiet. <laughs> it was a fun group. It's a really fun group. If you think of what the audience sees when you're and you're all in your glory, especially like a staircase number, so elegant. If they could actually like have the camera backstage to see the ridiculousness of what these girls it looks so royal <laughs> yes. regal yeah <laughs> but we're not but we're not well, when ann interviewed steve we like she asked him about backstage thing and he had like a story about like was it drag night where they would get all, oh. all dressed up and like it feels like the backstage stories were aren't told as much in like most of the interviews i've done so seriously backstage stories that stand out to you now because like on stage like oh, I remember being on stage I remember what it felt like on this piece but I really remember the dressing room feel yeah because uh, you spent so much time back there and then yes we did <laughs> yeah so do you have any of those stories of like backstage antics because then we're going to get into costume disasters or other things too yeah, uh, yeah it's, uh... do you remember remember how <laughs> Eric Miller would Eric Miller would just dress up and Jack Fiala those two would come, oh they would God. put together the weirdest combination of just pieces of costumes and come oh. prancing through, looking fierce and amazing. And we never knew what we were gonna get. <laughs> oh, it's so, they were so funny and hilarious. Oh and they would, I mean, you know, the the pill hat with the, over the eye with yeah. the knitting, uh, you know, Eric would wear that in yeah. shows <laughs> i have a question because we the, we had 150 in our cast we i think we started out that big and it dwindled you guys were close to that but we had like our rows that we knew we you really knew your own row i was in dance with a group on the other side so we kind of go back and forth but the bluebells we hardly ever saw like unless there was outside things you'd see them in class unless you really made an effort we didn't really know know each other or merge or was that like it that in your show or did you guys kind of because the territory is so big it's hard to get outside of your own fun group 
Oh, I think we intermingled a lot because we were having so much fun. Mm. <laughs> you know, um, it, yeah, in between shows was really crazy. <laughs> Remember the ab workouts we would do? Annie would lead us in those ab, the ab and butt workouts. We'd go up to the feather room. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> The, fe the feather room, oh yeah, we and Annie B would, who, it was Annie B. That of course it was. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she would teach us that just by the time we were, our stomachs were rock hard. We were so ready for second show. Yeah. <laughs> buns of steel, yeah. should we do with the buns of steel? Oh yeah, buns of steel. <laughs> Which you need if you're wearing a G-string. It's a really, uh, they don't want buns of oatmeal. That's not really. No what you want in those costumes. <laughs> you know, it's interesting when you talk about the, I think the layout of the dressing rooms also kind of helped us connect with um, our other castmates. While the short bluebells, they were really, you had to make an effort to go to their room. Yeah. So I feel like they were a little bit, a little further away from us and maybe we didn't interact with them right. on as a regular basis. But like it went from us to the nudes and then the boys and like the boys kind of acted as the central part, right? Cause then the, the short bluebells would go in there the yeah. nudes right there we could so I think part of what lent uh, us to playing around so much in between shows or in between numbers was the layout of our dressing rooms we were able to kind of go and terrorize each other and have fun but we were <laughs> we were usually the last and it was even the nudes we were like can you guys just bring it down three notches and we're like no was it just a cluster of you guys or was it like your whole it was row? a cluster all right no <laughs> what what's the question <laughs> If it was like the whole massive bluebell section that that was so loud, or it was just a few of you that that made up for everybody, for the noise and the jovial nature. Oh God, yeah. I think it was pretty much the line. I think our our captain, poor Susan, she was probably the quietest, <laughs> and then the rest of us were just how many of a, how many tall blueberries? Blueberries? How many tall blueberries were there? How many tall bluebells were there? Like are there like like twelve? 12, yeah, like something like that, all in a row, yeah. But um, yeah, Susan would be on one end. Uh -huh. And I think when I first got there, I was like in the middle when I sat in the row. And then when Leanne left and I became the swing, I went to the end. So it was like you, it was me and then you and then just the rest of the world. And um, we just laughed a lot. <laughs> oh yeah. I have a question. Some people tell stories because I think we had alcohol back there for birthdays, but I've heard some people like had a blender and they're making margaritas during the show, which I'm like, I can't imagine doing that staircase, but I don't know if that was a thing. Like, it's hard to imagine that we'd be drinking backstage and go do a show that's that dangerous, but. Um, yeah. That was Tropicana. That wasn't us. That was the Fall Vision uh, cast. We didn't, we, didn't go, <laughs> we didn't go that far. We didn't okay. go that far. No, we, I, I wanted to keep, you know, dance and, and not fall over and trip. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, uh, uh, yeah, I didn't want to do all that. So. Yeah, there's like a the lot of ways highs, to do that. The sugar highs we'd be on from birthday cakes and stuff was enough. Like, <laughs> I don't think I could have done alcohol and done that. It was just sugar high. I, I usually, I, I wouldn't, I would try not to drink at all during the show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That just sounds weird that that would even be a thing. Like, yeah. I tried not to do drugs or drink when I'm at work, but. Right. But I hear the stories like margarita, uh, like blenders and all that. But I do remember birthdays because there's always birthdays because that's such oh, yeah. a huge the cast. That there's a, was, a... The birthday thing was always special. <laughs> yeah. And that's a lot of special because that's a lot of people. Yeah. Oh, you know, I just you just made me think of this when you said special, Don. Remember what, what happened when somebody would leave the show, like the send off? 
yes, we're glad we had the time together. <laughs> like the Carol Burnett show, you know. What did you guys do? Could you guys do pranks? Because there was pranks for the person who was going out of the show without messing up the oh, show, but there was yeah, funny we, things. We, we would, you know, like put buckets of water over the person's head. Remember face and everything. <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> they corral you, anybody who's leaving, into the boys' bathroom. You right. knew it was coming. They would right. have like the water guns, buckets of water. Like your send off was wet. Like you were going to get <laughs> doused. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Did, you, did that happen uh, to you, Don? Did you get yeah. doused? Yes. Do you remember I preset Carol lent me her scuba stuff? Her, oh, yeah. her snorkeling stuff. So I came in with flippers and like a <gasps> zip vest and a yeah. snorkel. I probably have pictures in my phone. I'm sure that. you do. Please I find those. Ready. I was ready. Oh my gosh, it's so funny. Really? I talked. I interviewed some Miles Riley. He was at the. He's been on a lot of the shows, but he, at the Lido in Paris, they they cover you and uh, kiss. No, wait, he got covered in kisses. I think they kiss you. All the showgirls kiss you on the last show. It was like an emotional last show for him. But he just that was what we titled his "Covered in Kisses." Like, and they clap whoever you know, like after your show is done because you have your send off. But they didn't. Far more civilized than what happened to us. Right. <laughs> I don't think. Hello Hollywood. I don't think that was a thing. So I'm like, oh, you guys, that that makes sense if you guys were this this uh, crazy and fun that you would you would go there. Yeah. Yeah, we got doused, and just the all the dressers are just like, make sure your costumes off. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> I know. Don't ruin the costumes. Please. Don't ruin the costumes. They're expensive. But, yeah, that would be disastrous. <laughs> oh, Don, Don, do you remember when um Tim Farley in oh. finale with those Jolly Ranchers? He would go by a, the girls and put him on their back like he'd have it in his mouth oh. and when they go he put him on their back so he had to finish the finale with the with the jolly rancher <gasps> remember yeah. do you remember him doing that and what we did I, to I him i kind of do i kind of do yeah <laughs> we were we payback let's just say it came back uh, big time for him and we pinned him down it was before samson all he had on was that little leather g-string uh -huh. And all of us girls pinned him down and we shoved all these Jolly Ranchers down his cheek. <laughs> <laughs> and he oh, screamed. Yeah. I've never heard like he screamed for his life. The show is happening. And he bent <laughs> down in the wings, shoving Jolly Ranchers down. And he had to do the number with all like whatever. There were six of us girls with six Jolly Ranchers down his cheek. Oh, that's so funny. Did you, because I either heard this on Athena's podcast or showed up, but I remember hearing of this, of putting Ben Gay in the G-string. Oh, So dear. when you're kicking, it heats up. And then like how terrible, like I'm sure like hygienically, but also it's probably dangerous. But I remember hearing about that. I'm like, I don't know if that's just the guys or the girls, but being terrified because they, the more you're kicking, the hotter it gets and like your crotch is on fire. But <laughs> it's amazing that these things happen and the show, you know, the show's happening. Like Anne told about passing, was it a makeup sponge, mother- Fuck you, motherfucker. That was, was Greg that... Thompson. We played a lot of, I played a lot of games in Greg Thompson shows. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yep. We all, did, we do that. Yes. Did you do any of that in Jubilee or was that like that? There's too many things that could get somebody killed if they're not paying attention. I don't know. I remember playing, I don't really remember doing a lot of that. I don't know if it's also just because the cast was so big, you know, when the, like one of the Greg Thompson shows, there might only be 10 of you or whatever. And it's just a more intimate yeah group to play that stuff when you have 95 i think we had 95 performers in our show and you said 150 sherry but yeah, yeah. i think it's just too big to corral because like there's always gonna be the one person who doesn't want to do it and you and you don't want them to go tell on you yeah. with fluff 
and then you get in right. trouble. <laughs> right. That's so no good. Keep getting in the way. So I have, a, I have so many questions, but like, Anne, you went from the smaller, not smaller shows, but, but Greg Thompson were, you know, a cast of 12 to the big, and I know you did things after Jubilee, like you did Rockettes, which we can go over your career, which is so much. And then uh, Dawn, you went from smaller to bigger. I went bigger to smaller. And it is really different the way you come in and out of it. It's like, right. curious how that was, if you guys want to compare notes on that, because there's something of the intimate that you get to do those. And there's something of the big, of the glamorous. And uh, I do think that's partly why the lines themselves connect. Oh, hi, Kitty. <laughs> okay, there. <Going> thrilled. <laughs> Kitty was thrilled. <laughs> um, but I think that kind of speaks to why the lines connect. I think like the tall bluebells, especially coming from a smaller show, it feels like, you know, the bluebells gelled because that's how you, when you're in a, a show that big, you have to, you have to get down to a group, right? So it's like, because yeah. people, we just, as people, we like to feel cozier to think yeah. that you're one of millions doesn't feel so great. But then, you know, when you're one of, 12 on our line you you know that's a group <laughs> and we can be crazy together and then you have this great group that gels and is nutty and drives yeah. our captain crazy I I think it kind of lends itself to that the thing that I remember the most and I'm and I'm and it's because of budget I understand why Greg if you're listening this is not a diss I promise but the costumes like the quality like those costumes in Jubilee the bra and g-string are made out of metal like it was yes. just so it blew my mind those yeah. feathers and those finale costumes I was just my mind was blown there were pieces of art yeah. you know that we were wearing that's what stands out to me well and I in, uh, interviewed Pete Menifee he talks about the detail like that the feathers came from Paris and the very best the like Don Arden there was no expense spared and yeah. I remember like you know, you get your G, you're not your G, so you get your fishnets, like every, and then going to shows like where you had to repair them or if they rip, you're like, sorry, <laughs> or like, how, you know, there was just something of like, oh, okay. But to go up the other way, like you've gone from, cause I've done smaller shows, bigger shows and some, you know, costume budget, like you said, it's a budget thing and yeah. upkeep. But when they, when they have that big budget, you feel like they're lowering your, lowering an aircraft onto you the way that some of those are built. Yeah. And coming <laughs> that was cool. They were cold. Remember in the winter days, those bras were ice cold because they were, oh, they were metal. Really cold. I mean, literally cold. <laughs> they were very, very cold. Very, very like, cold. how do we heat? Did we have a trick for that? Did we warm them up sometime, or do we just suffer with? No, them we cold? just suffered and, and just slap them on our bodies and get going. <laughs> <laughs> we'll warm them up later. We'll warm them up on stage. Yes. Yeah. No kidding. So when I came in, Don, we were still doing boxes for oh, the boxes. opening yeah. number. Yes. Do you remember like when, cause I left in 94, do you, it wasn't much after that before they changed the opening and, and took boxes out. Right. And did the, that cute pink and orange opening. Uh, do you remember? I, I don't think, cause let me think. I think I came back. Maybe it was like a year later or something, but I didn't, I wasn't there for any of the fun changes that happened at Jubilee. Like there are several with the soft shoe that came in and like gold diggers out. Like I did all of that original stuff, but you got to go through some of those yeah, changes. changes. Yeah. yeah, yeah that must yeah. have been fun. Yeah. 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 I, I, I just went with the flow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I went with the flow. Like, okay. Yeah. What uh, was it like? Cause I know that there's that show ran 35, 37 years. And I know that like, you look at pictures, like costumes were updated, numbers. So were whole numbers or whole sections taken out or would they up, update or just replace numbers? 
Uh, that's a good question. Uh, uh, hmm. A little bit of all of it, I think, because like for opening number, it was just boxes that was pulled out. But then that whole soft shoe part where gold diggers came out, they took out like a whole chunk and then they kept Gershwin, but put them yes. in the ballroom. Yeah. Uh, you always look so beautiful in that ballroom costume. Ballroom is beautiful. Uh, What's that? Ballroom is beautiful. Yeah, that was really gorgeous. I yeah, and I I I, I loved wearing those costumes. Yeah, it really suited you. You looked lovely in them. Did you guys both bought houses? Because that's the thing. Like in Reno, I know there's a lot of people that that are that stayed the whole run of the show, and they have danced. They they put roots down there and there's a lot of people I've interviewed that did the show and are still living in Vegas but you guys aren't but you did do the thing of purchasing a house which yeah. in most places with dancers with profession that's not something that you can you know do your show and, and afford a house <laughs> so that what was that like You're like I'm going to stay here and live here the rest of my life uh we uh we decided to move to Vegas because I wanted to dance you know uh and uh, um, we, we had two houses in Vegas. Really? Yeah, two different, wow. yeah. We, we bought one and then we got rid of that one, sold it, and then, then ended up the, the long run where we were all together, you know. Because you had a rental for a while. Didn't you have one of them as a rental? Because I feel like you, did you rent a Tony Maxwell or am I making that up? Am I misremembering that? I feel like you may well, have. <laughs> he, he did not live with us. No, no, but I mean like your your second house or Angela, I can't remember. Anyway, maybe you didn't have a rental. Maybe I am making that up, but I lived with you guys. I lived I with you guys have, twice. I didn't have, I didn't have a rental. No. No. Okay. No, 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 no. So had you planned like this is where we're going to live the rest of our life? Because you're back in Washington now. So I'm just curious of. Did like um, when you're done dancing, like, is this, I still want to live in Vegas. Uh, that, if well, that's the reason you're there when that's no longer. Um, I think, I think we want to get out of here. <laughs> in, in Washington. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. You're going to go back to Vegas. Maybe it's a possibility, but, uh, it's just so dreary. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you know, great. we all have we all have the virtual backgrounds right now. I'm in the weeds and like the bridge and Don's in front of Mount Rainier. So when you say out of here, I'm like, no, that's a fake background. Right now it's gray and drizzly outside. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's pretty crappy right now. But yeah. Know. That's it, why we that's why we cherish those summer days so much because we don't have them very often. Oh, well, how did you guys deal with Vegas? Because the day I moved in without air conditioning in the car, it was 125 degrees. So that was my welcome to Vegas. And oh. so I've never, I've seen it other times, like Ann and I went back for the end of Jubilee. So I've seen it different seasons, but I was like, how, I know there's air conditioning everywhere, but those summers are brutal. Are you just living totally air conditioned from your house to your car oh, to the yeah. show and don't? Yeah. Yeah. And then you go out at night and, and by the pool. <laughs> Yeah, I, I miss my pool. <laughs> no pool. So what's your life like in Vegas? Like when you have that, you have your days free. Some people are still oh, sleeping all day this summer out. I hiking a lot in the Red Rocks in, in Vegas. Yeah. I, yeah, and did a lot of hiking and it was great. Yeah, yeah. it's beautiful for that. I know. 
and um, and I, you know, and I slept a lot because doing that show was hard. <laughs> and we usually we go out to dinner afterwards. It'd be like one in the morning, and we're finally going to go eat. Uh-huh. And I yeah. go to bed at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. That I remember really well. <laughs> yeah. I remember like after doing, I think Bermuda was my last show. I remember coming home and staying up really late because I was used to getting done at two in the morning. We had a midnight show, get done at two. So I'd go to bed at four. So when I came home, I would be up. I hadn't seen MTV. Like when it first came on, I had been watching TV for five or six years and MTV was a thing. It's like one more video, one more video. So it'd be six in the morning and my dad would get up for work. He goes, what are you doing up? And I'm like, what are you doing up? Like, why would anyone <laughs> get up at six in the morning? Like that just was so bizarre because if you live that lifestyle, like you don't start anything before noon uh-huh. yep. and then, yeah. So your hours are so different. So to come back and try to like, or people that have kids in the middle of this and go to school, I don't know how, I don't know how they do that. <laughs> We definitely were like, it's a vampire's life for sure. Like, you know, living in (laughs) Vegas in particular, because I know, you know, the sun is great, but too much of anything is still too much. And for me, there was actually too much sun in Vegas. Like you just never had a break from it. And, you know, know. in the winter, the sun was so low. It was always in my eyes. It was either in my eyes driving towards it or it was in my rear mirror. If it's behind me, I was just like, can we just get like a cloud just for 10 (laughs) minutes? And so, you know, when you're trying to sleep, you go to bed at four in the morning and you're trying to sleep in. And, you know, in Vegas, again, because of the heat, especially in the summer, you have all your blinds are drawn. You make it as dark as possible. You don't want the sun to come in because you don't want it to heat your house up because you're, right. you've got it set at 30. You got penguins in there. Everybody's happy. Everybody's cool. And, uh, you know, you really feel like a vampire because it's like, how dark can I make it so that by I can get up at the crack of noon and start my day? <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, Don, remember when I had to break into your house because I locked myself out when I was taking care of yes. your house? <laughs> through the window you through the tiniest window ever crawl through the window (laughs) the window was like i don't know was like 16 inches by about eight and you fit right through there i was like i had to pretend like it's a piece of paper and it was high (laughs) it was like it it was above their their tub their shower and i had to like I got my body shimmied through and I'm looking down. It's just straight down into a tub that I have to somehow <laughs> make, make not break dun, anything dun, in my dun, body dun, or their house. Dun. Yeah, totally. Oh, that was tough, oh, man. Don, were you home when this happened and you have an intruder or no? Was I? No, you guys were on holiday and I was taking care of your oh, animals and your locks. Your right. locks were like, you could open the door from the inside, but it was still locked on the outside. And I didn't realize that. And I shut myself out and all my, my phone, my keys, everything was inside the house. Yeah. And I was like, oh, so this is happening. And I had to get a crowbar out of the garage because their, their screen was metal. And like, it was built in the house when the house was built. And I had to pry that thing. Oh my gosh, it was terrible. It was just, oh. I'm surprised. I was all in black too, because I come from a rehearsal because, you know, <laughs> dancers only wear black. Right. I'm like, I don't know how nobody called the cops because I went around the house about 30 times touching every window, figuring out which one's going to be the no. damage. Oh There's like 107 out. I was like, oh, this is ridiculous. But I got in and the, the animals were fine. <laughs> oh. So, Don, were you there for Anne's onstage peeing episode? I think I was. Oh, you were. Okay, because that seemed like it's memorable. That was the day I ran into everything, Don, and you just everybody's just looking at me like, "What is happening?" And my mouth was so big, so I was laughing so hard, and the makeup was dropped because I was running into trees and people and just. Oh, that's funny. 
was so bad. So, Don, if you were in the show that long, you, there's got to be mishaps. I feel like to be in those shows and make it through without would be hard because of just the enormity of the costumes and the way things can go wrong. Did you have anything that um, uh, you have your own episode that was less than professional? Uh, it doesn't have to be pee on stage, Don. I got that one no, covered. Nobody, nobody. Don't worry about that. <laughs> got that one. But I, 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 I have a picture in my head of me doing a somersault and I was running or doing a somersault <laughs> and I got back right up. Really? Going or something. Like that. I don't know. I, I, you know, I mean, all my stories can kind of run, run just together, but I don't know. Well, somersaults are not choreographed in there, I'm assuming. So that was probably no, your so doing. Faux pas. <laughs> <laughs> An ad lib by Don Draper. It was a quick somersault. I'm just going to stick with that right in there. Um, did you fine. guys, okay, Brianne Waters, did you work with her? She was in Jubilee Bluebell. No. I think it was her telling the story that someone stepped on the train of her dress and she kept going and kind of did one of those. Cause like yeah. just costumes getting stuck on things. Or I remember getting my heel in the back of my cape and then tripping myself because I, yeah, but there, there's just so many ways for things to go wrong with costumes or. Oh, Don, do you remember when, uh, I think it was during Titanic and I think it was Vince where, you know, he, the, those, the boys were the bartenders and they had the trays with the, the glasses, like, you know, glued right. to him. And he dropped his somehow, it came off his hand and it's, it went sideways and it like wedged itself in between where the elevators oh. touch on the top of the stage. And it just got stuck like, boop, like sideways where all the glasses were like sideways, but still glued to it. And, and we, we must have been, I think we were off stage because I don't think I was on stage for that. I think that was during um, Turkey Trot or something, but it was hilarious because now he's trying to pull his his thing about right back out oh my gosh anyway it feels like those things were, Titanic. yeah that's why i went down um <laughs> yeah. those those things were treacherous don i, I can't remember how many times i got my treacherous, treacherous. <laughs> what was the stage was yes yeah i mean we we had like those yellow lines that you shouldn't go past if the elevator's down and then all those the grates and the things that your heels can stick in i mean yeah. it's like holes in the stage all the time <laughs> so much more than just dancing like you have to really pay attention to where you are oh my god you had to it's be like frogger yeah yeah so yeah. because you guys know jubilee i've seen a lot of our listeners are jubilee but can you guys explain because there's i like this there's somebody's actually writing a musical um and it's wonderful because he kind of like the formula that don our news it's like how there's an act, like there could be several songs within it. And then there's an, you know, not, or not an act, but then there's an act in between. So you've got like a section, right? like the Titanic, because right. the Titanic Holy and Samson and Delilah, they don't go together, but it's like, you're in this whole world for quite a, a while with changes of the music and scene. And then that scene is done. So can you describe uh, Titanic for the people that don't understand, like how the heck you could make Titanic work on stage? <laughs> Did you do the tours, Don? Did you do give the tours, backstage tours? I gave tours, yes. Yeah, I did. I, I, I did. I gave them a little bit, but I can't remember any of the facts, so I can't. Oh, I can't I speak to any of the facts right now because there was a certain amount of gallons of water every night and the hydraulics. And yeah. I don't remember any of it. Where did the water come from? Because it's it, like we had water. Great question. Because oh. if it's sinking, the water has to come. Okay. Oh, from the it. ship itself. I was like bursting through. Oh. Like we were, it was an interior scene. I think it was the, the, the boiler yeah. room. Boiler yes. Room scene? Yes. And, and, and yeah, yeah, the, that, that, you're right. 
Yeah. Does it come it apart? Should... Does it tip? Yeah. It's been so long since I've seen it, but I'm trying to, I remember it being very did impressive. It, did, it, did it break in half and then yeah. it on either side? Like, like, and it was, you know, and, uh... yeah, like it would like break apart the interior. Yeah. And sink. And then there was like, X yes. <laughs> And there's always a disaster, I think, a lot of Don Art, because we had the San Francisco earthquake where there was like the pyrotechno and then the buildings look like they're collapsing. They go down the elevator, I think, a little bit. But then it comes together like this town will rise. But at the Titanic, there's no happy ending. No, everybody dies. <laughs> and that's end scene. And then an act comes on. Well, right. we have Samson, though, because the Samson set also collapsed and sank oh, and yeah. did stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard for people to imagine who haven't seen these shows that that it actually is not it's somewhat believable that they make it look so like present like where it's not just like what do they call it like projections or whatever it really is yeah. you're watching a set come apart and you're yeah wow wow that was pretty fun <laughs> so don did you see the show before you went in it you did you audition and then see the show or the other way around so did you see what you were actually getting yourself into uh, did I did I see the show? Because you went down to Vegas to audition for it. Did because I know sometimes when you see a show, they'll give you comps where you can see it after. Right, but right, right. some people saw Jubilee before the audition, and they're like, "Holy crap!" Like they've never seen anything like that, or they audition and then they see it and go, "Holy crap!" Like because <laughs> it's just it's not like anything that you know, unless you've been hanging out in Vegas and seen shows. A lot of people weren't ready for like what what they were going to be a part of right not ready but i think it's just it, can, it blows everybody away when you see that show i auditioned and got comps for the light booth so i saw it, i saw it after auditioning and went oh my gosh this is i've never seen anything like this this is enormous this is amazing it, it was it was huge yeah that finale with the cake and all those beautiful costumes just oh, yeah totally yeah. It's yeah. pretty so fun to think that we're part of it. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, I think with doing the podcast and the reunion, when you're in it, you don't, you know, like my thing, what's the next thing I'm going to do? And when they have all these stories and they're showing, you know, photos or, or video from the shows, I think a lot of us got really emotional. Like we didn't quite understand what we were part of when we were in it. And then later, especially since this is going away, it just feels really nice to go, oh, wait, that really was. I did that because I think I was telling one girl I just interviewed when I was in Paris, we were taking pictures of the showgirls and this, I mean, she was, she looked like she was 20 feet tall, but the headdress was big as so we're taking her picture. And I had, like, I was in junior high, like, oh my gosh, she's a showgirl. She's so pretty. And I went, wait, you were also, and it took me a while to figure out like, wait, I was that it was this kind of mm -hmm. stage. It was this big, but I don't know, like when yeah. you are in it, you don't feel it when you think back on it, but it was really good to see that and go, we were part of something really beautiful and it wasn't you know, those are hard shows to get into. It's not, you know, oh, yeah. Yeah. so it's kind of good to look at that and go, we're, we're, we're special. We're pretty. Didn't we work out too that? I think we did like a thousand stairs a show or something. I've heard somebody of... else quote that as a thousand. Just yeah, recently. Yeah. I, just heard I think that's, that's right. Because of all the backstage stairs, all the running we did. Think about it. Like we could have, we had to run around. We had to run in three inch heels with a three foot hat on <laughs> made uh -huh. out of metal. Like we were legitimate athletes. 
Oh, yeah. Definitely. Why were you doing yeah. Bones of Steel between shows? 1,000 stairs should have done it. Dancers. And that's what we do. That's what we think. We need to do even, we have to be steelier. We need even more bunsies of steel. <laughs> so I have to ask you, Don, because everywhere I was with Anne, she knew where to take class. Like when we were in Bermuda, I would, she would like, we're going to take class. We're going to take Kung Fu. We're going to do this. We're going to go scuba diving. Yes. Went to New York. We had to take class. We're in LA. We're going to take class. When you were in Vegas, yeah. did you do that? Did she backstage. get you there? Backstage. Backstage. Absolutely. Yeah. That was our- you were, Who was still teaching there? Because I remember those being some of the Angela. best classes. Angela was the main, main guy. In yeah, Vegas. Angela. Who was the woman though? Who, who owned it? <sighs> I just name? had her name. The little Elise. 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 Yeah. Ah, there you go. <laughs> I remember being so blown away because I had grown up in my studio, you know, when you're the big fish in the little pond and then going in there and going, oh my God, like everybody, because a lot of those people teaching were either in shows. Uh, Pete Menefee brought this up, but when I was there, Debbie Reynolds had her boys. It was Cher. There was like five huge iconic female performers that had their male dancers. So this, that was like, and they're teaching class and taking class. Plus they're doing other things. So you were always like getting the freshest, the best. Um, and the fact that people still took class, because I know, you know, you could do those shows and never take class again and probably get hired for another, but people just took class because they wanted to, because it was so damn good. It was, it was so fun. <laughs> it was fun. See, that's, I think that's going to be the title of your episode. It's just so fun. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So Don, did it ever not be, was it ever stop being fun? Like, what was it that, that made it where you've done enough? Cause if you were there like five, six years. That was your last show, right? You didn't yeah, go on yeah. and do. Yeah, that was like like five or six years. Yeah. Did it just kind of run its course, or was your body telling yeah, you? Yeah, why'd you leave? Well, my my feet were my feet. I've got you know bunions and all that stuff. So it's like I was like, oh, my feet are done. I can't do it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I put on heels now, even more sensible heels, and like if I want to go out, I get dressed up, and in about twenty minutes, I'm almost crying. On the, but I know as you age, it spreads out. But I'm just thinking, how did I do this? But I remember like working in heels, and then also going out in heels. I I just wore them all the time, and now that just it sounds like a little torturous to put myself through that. How can I wear a dress and my sneakers? I have to make <laughs> make this a thing. I don't know if because of being on her, because I remember also dance class is hard if you've been on releve. Four, hour, four hours a night and then you try to dance without heels your Achilles are shorter it felt like there was a lot oh, of uh, adjusting to not tear anything right <laughs> Greg Greg just did a plie <laughs> oh good job Greg <laughs> you're hired <laughs> <laughs> oh golly that's fun yeah a lot of sight to be seen <laughs> Did you guys, you met before Vegas. Were you married before Vegas? Uh, yes. yes, we were. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. So why, so you're done dancing. Was there really not much reason to stay in Vegas if you're not dancing or? Uh, no, we stayed in Vegas for a long time. Okay, like, that was your home then. Yes. Still is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I but they're both, both you and Greg are from Washington. So you guys had family up here, right? That's what brought yes. you back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep, yep. Definitely. 
I remember moving to Vegas and living in Reno, Reno, and I was I was must have sounded like such a snot. Like it's so brown back in Washington. It's so green, and yeah. it's so and like the, the, you call that a tree? That's not a tree. That's a shrub. You call that a mountain? That's not a mountain. Have you seen Mount Rainier? Like I didn't quite say <laughs> maybe quite that snotty, but I just was. It was so brown. It made me cry. But then I'm yeah. like, oh, the reason it's so green is because it rains all the time. So the trade off is <laughs> interesting. Um, True. But there's people that love the desert. And I have several friends that have moved down recently, nothing to do with dance. They're living further out and they love how warm it is. They love the hiking. And I didn't see a lot of those things that I think I would appreciate now of, of making, making that my home. I think a perfect world for me would be to live in the, in Vegas, but come, but live in Washington, like July through October. Yeah. And here for that. If I could figure that out, because I absolutely hated with all my heart, the summers in Vegas. I, I was, they talk about the seasonal <laughs> affect up here where like the gray makes people depressed. That wicked heat, I, I would just, all I want to do is stay in my, with my windows closed and be in that air conditioning. And you know, the, the weird thing about Vegas is that everything's so close. Like you have sectors, right? Like your little area, if you lived in the Northwest, you really didn't have to leave the Northwest to do anything. Right. So it's like, you, you never went, I never went far enough for my car to cool down. So it'd be 250 <laughs> degrees in my car. And I, all I had to do was just go down that one. Like I would be just, it, it never got cool ever. Like yeah, my car yeah. was never in it long enough. And um, I, that stuff, oh, that was tough, man. And, you, and if you're sweating, but then it dries. Cause I just remember always feeling salty. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like a salt, a salt block afterwards. It's like you sweat and it dries. Then I lived in Puerto Rico, which was so humid. So you uh -huh. fix your hair, you go outside and be like stuck to your head. Um, Bermuda was fun. You'd fix your hair and then you put your moped helmet on and always have uh, helmet <laughs> hair. <laughs> so I'm just thinking the eighties, it was a really hard decade when hair is supposed to be big and you're like either burning up in the desert or. So did you travel anywhere else? Did you do Aruba, Don, or was it? I did Aruba. You did Aruba. For that was Greg Thompson? One month. Was that Greg? That was... It was wild. Was it Greg Thompson's show? uh yeah yeah yep. all i know is that cast was warned about the cocaine to not bring it into bermuda because you would be um punished severely and made, made an example but i heard the aruba cast was i don't know if that was your experience there i want to call anybody out but <laughs> um, i was a little nervous about the aruba cast coming in with the i was enjoying aruba uh but there was drugs there that's for sure yeah yeah, well, because bermuda was so strict so i know that that was something like you don't whatever you were doing there you cannot do that here no and i and i you know bermuda was it's a lovely place <laughs> I, yeah it's so gorgeous it's gorgeous and it's, i love that place because there's something of that like having a be able to buy a house and put your roots down and stay and do your job and then like i know people went to school or they got to just do their regular life and then there's some people like i want to like i wanted to go travel and just go where's where's another fun place because there's there's a lot of options but like, Anne, you, you were all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. I, yes. <laughs> two <laughs> years was like, two years was the max in the show for me before I really needed some, a big change. Like I needed, that's why in Jubilee, it was great to be the swing in that second year because then, you know, just my, I just had too much going on. Like I had too much energy I needed to 
expend it. And I think that's also why we did Buns of Steel and took other classes and stuff. It's just, yeah. you know, when you're, and I think that's also lends itself to why people took so many classes, because if you're in these shows for a long time, like you can be, you know, your body gets used to that number and you're no yeah. longer really, you know, you don't really have to think about it. Muscle memory, right. you're doing it, you're, you're selling, you're performing, you're doing that whole thing, but maybe you're not being fed creatively or you're not being fed physically to be, you know, challenged and pushed. And, you know, I was 22 to 24 in Jubilee. That's pretty, pretty young with a lot of energy, you know, where I'm like, I needed, I just needed to go do more things. And so um, even with the Rockettes, I mean, that ended with an injury, but, you know, two years in the Rockettes also, you know, I was starting to max out as far as being challenged and uh, fed. So two years was my, was always my max. so you could have stayed in Vegas long-term, but kept changing shows because you did Tropicana. Yeah. So you did several shows, but you could have the same location, but just give you something new to, yeah. to work, work on and get excited about. And then other people, they want to do the same choreography always. Like, you know, there's just different, different ways people, dancers are wired. Some people really enjoy doing their piece for years and there's nothing wrong with that either. It's just, that was, I would just... I'm like, I got it. I got it. I just, what else can I learn? What else can I do? What else can I, what else? you know, yeah. just, instead of doing the same old thing. <laughs> yeah. So there, well, the interview I had that came out last week was Kath, Catherine Erdley. Before she got in the show, there was somebody for one of the big shows that came and taught for, I think it was for the university and kind of was a, somebody like, didn't call her that, but said something like you're making a sellout. If you're this trained dancer and you go do these shows. And she had said, like, don't like something, don't elevate being a starving artist. She goes, I'm doing the show and getting paid. And in the daytime, I get to have, because a lot of people had really creative outlets. There were so many shows you could be a part of, like, like I think it was the Golden Rainbow you were saying, and oh, yeah. is that the right title? That people that people were still making their own shows. I did an Airte fashion show that that we got to use, or you know, I think we used some of the costumes from the show and they wanted tall girls. There's always other things you could do. And so people who get paid to do that, save your money, or like, I have all this, all these talented people, I can really resource this. I just, I feel like that there's all different ways you can do that. If you, you know, it doesn't mean you're selling out. Cause like, I think it's like, you look at how much fun dancing in class is, but like, you still have to go have a regular job to support your habit that way. So if you could support it by <laughs> dancing professional, that's a good gig. I remember like, you know, Vegas kind of being poo-pooed in, you know, I was doing musical theater, right? So I was doing Fifth Avenue. And I remember a lot of uh, actors and dancers came from New York. It was West Side Story, right? So half the cast was from New York and they were kind of poo-pooing Vegas, but they were looking at me at 5'9", going, oh, you would, you know, you should go do Vegas. You're tall. You know, it was like, like the prerequisite <laughs> for Vegas was just that you're tall. And then if you're tall, right. then you're gonna, that's all you really have to be to work down there. What was so interesting is that um, I think people started to kind of catch on that, you know, Vegas was a, a sea of incredibly talented, talented people and that people, you could work year round. You could dance for a living year round and not just for a six week gig at Fifth Avenue or a three month gig in New York or wherever. You could get into these shows and that have been running since God was a baby and you could you could have a life you could have a family you could go to school you could have hobbies you could do all the i did a lot of gigs a lot of industrials and you know i loved the convention work like that was what was so beautiful and it was interesting because more and more of those same dancers ended up in vegas 
And, you know, they caught, like, you catch on going, why did we poo-poo this? This is an incredible place to have a career and a life and, you know, build these friendships. And so it it was interesting to kind of see that transpire. And then, you know, the the shows changed too, right? So then you had more specialized, you know, with a lot of the Cirque shows, you know, now musicals coming in, you know, it changed kind of the landscape a little bit of the, uh, of the dancer or performer. It was, you know, it was interesting to watch that, that evolution. Awesome. Well, also if you're only in a show for five, like Fifth Avenue, by the time you rehearse and opens like five weeks, but you just get yeah. to know the people and then they're, unless you get to work with them, you're, yeah, bye-bye. But the thing of like those, the, a lot of people I've interviewed, they have these friends that they're still friends with from back in the eighties from doing those shows because the backstage stuff, the onstage, you do your birthdays. If you raise kids in the same place, you, yeah, those are long-term friendships where it's harder to make that in most dance you know, that transient lifestyle dancers where you, you don't really invest too much because you know it's not going to be more than a few weeks. Right. Right. So I know, Anne, you can t- uh, pipe in here too. I think we've shared some, like uh, a lot of people say they still have show dreams or backstage or costume dreams. Do you have any that come into your memory that that makes you feel like you're back in the show? <sighs> you know, I... My brain doesn't work as very good as it used to. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it could be a show dream or it could be a fever or it could just be a late night. Maybe Anne will tell one and jog your memory because I feel like there's a lot of similarities of like that seem to go along with what we're experiencing in real life. Like I'm not ready. Like the show's on yeah. and you're, I'm supposed to know what I'm doing, which feels like we can kind of analyze that one. But it takes us back to those days of like, why aren't you ready? you're wearing the wrong costume or how come you don't know this dance and you're supposed to just fake it which you know that's interesting that's what shows up 40 years later in our brain is our point of like I don't really know what I'm doing in life right now I've got the wrong hat on (laughs) and did you say you have it where you have to you have to get on stage you're on the are you supposed to know the choreography and you're late yeah my most recent one I just had it probably a couple of months ago was that I was coming back to go see the show, right? Like more towards my current age. And they were like, oh, Anne, we're shorter girl. And you did this number 20 years ago. Here is the costume. And I'm like, well, wait, you're not going to show, like, I, you're not going to even remind me. No, no, you did it. Go on out. And like, that was the most recent one where, and like I said, it was a couple of months ago where I was, you know, my anxiety dreams, it doesn't, I think they just manifest themselves in the dance world because that was the most panic for the longest period of time was that dance right. career, right? Where it's like, is this when I go on and is this the right costume? But um, <laughs> I mean, it was like, you know, my boring, my day job stress, but it manifests itself in my dreams in, in these show dreams where it's like, yeah, you got it. You did it 20, remember you saw it that one time 20 years ago? You can do it. <laughs> you weren't even in that group, but you saw it that one time? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I had had that dreams. I used to have a lot of working somewhere and I have kids at home, but I'm working because I could uh, make money, but I really should get home to my kids. I think that was also a mother guilt thing, but yeah, <laughs> I make some money for the children, but I've had some recently that I'm in the show and they hire me and I'm like, and I don't, my G string, everything's rolling over my belly. Like you can't even see my G string because my belly's covered it and I come out, but I'm not, it's weird because I don't feel bad about my body. I'm like, you know, I'm fat right now. Right. And I'm old. They go, we don't care. And so I'm like, all right, if you don't care, I don't care. <laughs> I just, it's weird, this dream that instead of before, like, oh, I'm, I'm overweight. I just feel like you hired me. <laughs> this is your choice. You did this. You did this. <laughs> and yeah, and they're okay with it. I have a few dreams. I'll go, oh no, we didn't know it was that bad. And then, then that's where other body issue comes up. And that also, and we're going to wind down here, but I'm just curious about that because with Greg Thompson, we had weigh-ins 
And I've heard with Jubilee, there was a time where they didn't do it. And then they did. And then they didn't again. Hello, Hollywood. When I was there, there was never weigh-ins, but um, that's a common story with a lot of us is just weight issues because like you're weighed once a week. And you know, if you're, you're out of the show, if you're not looking exactly how you're supposed to look. I remember weigh-ins. Don, do we have weigh-ins at Jubilee? Not really. Uh, I don't think so. I don't remember that. But if somebody started, you know, looking like a person aside and say, uh, you want to, you know, cut back. Yeah. Yeah. I think, did we ever, I I don't remember where this, this was either, it could not have been Ghibli. It must've been Rocket. Somehow we came back from like a a show closure for like a week or something. I don't remember what it was. And we weighed in after that, but I don't think, I don't think we had weigh-ins at Jubilee. Did you get weighed in at, for Greg Thompson, Don? Oh, yeah. 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 Same. Yeah. Because no. like- I told my story not on my podcast, but on Athena's about for Greg Thompson in Bermuda that it's just, it feels so degrading because you'd strip down, you have a male company manager coming back in the dressing room to weigh you. I remember girls taking off their eyelashes, like that that's going to help. Or like, I got to go poop. I got to oh do everything God. to get a, a, that little bit down. And I have learned this trick from a friend of mine who's a wrestler that if you stand in line, the person behind you lifts your butt cheeks up and it takes like five pounds off. So we were going to try this. And so he was looking down like, oh my gosh, you lost weight. And then it all the way down the line, like, what'd you girls do? Like everybody lost five pounds that week. I was the last one to go. And the person who was supposed to hold my cheeks had gone off and done something else. And so I was the only one that did. And then she came up with the last second. She did it. And we got caught because she like lifted my cheeks up. And then it was like, wait a minute. But That's I remember hilarious. my hilarious. Yeah, it was like, it doesn't, but if you'd have to do that every week, but um, <laughs> but I remember like being, it was somebody else that we went out and had a milkshake and an ice cream, like sherbet or something. And at rehearsal, we're called out, like our names are called out and what we ate. And what's sad is that's probably all we had for dinner is we probably wow. like had been rehearsing an hour. So there was, I think that show was the most extreme and the cruise ships too. Like you have to get down this amount or you're fined one pound per one five dollars per pound so i i was 130 and i was told that to be 125 so every paycheck 25 dollars was taken out but you know like wow I, I, I look at how thin i was but i don't i didn't have that in the big shows and i don't know if that because i've heard there was a time that jubilee did weigh people and i just i think that you know all of us are dealing with aging bodies and then the weight issues if we have them are already in there in our society and i think that 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 world can contribute to that I have to say that I didn't have any weight problems in Jubilee because we were running all the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> running in three-inch heels. Seriously. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I was the thinnest and the best shape then. You know, that definitely. Yeah. No, no Greg Thompson trying to make me try to lose weight. <laughs> right. Yeah, and then that's what you start thinking about, and then it's, it usually yeah. backfires and those voices are still in there. Your dream, Sherry, about uh, you know, you hired me like this, that actually was that actually happened to me. So I auditioned for the Outlaw Women of Boomtown. Mm. And um, yeah, down at was it Blue Blue Mountain Casino? Blue Mountain. It was in between gigs, whatever. And so I went to the audition and I had like my leotard and like, you know, 
my hammer pants on whatever I was wearing. <laughs> and so during the audition, I'm like, do you want me to take these pants off? And they're like, no, that's fine. I'm like, okay. So they hired me. So it's my opening night. I was replacing somebody, my opening night and the producer was there and everything. And in between shows, she came up to me and told me, I didn't realize that you were this big when I hired you. And I was <sighs> like, well, I, you hired me. I asked you if you wanted me to take my pants off and you said no. And she was, this is in between shows, my opening night. And um, yeah, uh, she was like, you're going to have to lose some weight. And I'm like, well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't know what to tell you. Like, yeah, basically like <laughs> this is what you hired. But yeah, I mean, that is, it's terrible. It was that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now I look like, back at those pictures. And I only wish I was that fat. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What would it be like, like to be that fat? <laughs> Oh crazy yeah I want to talk to that younger me and say you're perfect Just yeah I know shut, huh? tell, tell them to be quiet that's, that's a good thing yeah so we're going to wind down here yeah. um, this has been good good chortles and guffaws and and some laughter <laughs> <laughs> I haven't used the word chortle I don't think ever has been has ever been said out loud for me chortle um so Don yeah. and, and also you because when you think back, because I know like the memory will start to, you know, like, because we don't think about this. Then when you do, it's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Is there anything in the in the general sense of this of your days at Jubilee that stands out of, of that just may, maybe has affected your life still? It's always the people for me. It's just always the people. Yeah. And, and yeah. like Don was saying, the fun, you know, that's it was such an honor to be in that show and um, the size of it, the beauty of it, the scale. And it is interesting kind of piggybacking what you said earlier, Sherry, part of it, I think is also, you know, you just, we just do our piece when we're on stage. Right. So, you know, Don and I go out we load up in the cage and that's our part for Samson and Delilah. We go across the stage. Yeah. With their legs in the cage. In the cage. We do, we do our stuff and that's our part. Right. And then, but then when you get to actually see the show in its entire, like when you get to go be an audience member and then you look at the whole picture of Samson and Delilah, like, you know, we were so busy hanging upside down in the cage that like there was all this <laughs> other stuff happening. And, I, you know, yeah, we missed it. And I almost wish, we did this a little bit when I was on tour with Will Rogers Follies, but I almost wish that there was a way that we swung performers out. And like, if we have the swing, you swing, Don, I swing Dawn out for the night and she goes and sits in the house and watches Jubilee to see in its totality what she's in. Because I think that you'll, you'll have a different perspective of your show if you get to go look at it from a, a, an, you know, the audience's perspective and go see the beauty that you're actually a part of. That's, that's one thing mm. I wish could have happened. And, yeah. you know, I, I but I don't know, maybe shows in the future can if they have, you know, swings and, and they're able to, but I think that, that that would be really quite special because then then when you're in the moment, you'll also potentially appreciate what you're what you're in beyond just the fun you're having. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Very nice. Nice nice. <laughs> Don's like, thanks, Annie, you got it. Nailed it. <laughs> Very nice. Very well, nice. I just think of this pandemic we're in, uh, all the interviews I've done and hearing people's perspective you know, being in the same show at the, at, you guys were in the same, same show, same time, different time, or someone who does it 10 years later, or where they're and like, we all are only seeing our piece of it. And so I feel like when you start to hear all the stories come together, it is, I think that's what makes it feel like, oh my gosh, we were all part of this beautiful thing. And mm -hmm. all the different stories and the angles and perspectives makes it even more beautiful. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's, um, 
and with, with that had to quarantine in some way. Oh, I just thinking like the whole world is paying attention. Like right now, like we had to slow down and we're seeing things like that. We only see our work and our thing, our car and our work and our house. And now we're, you know, we're doing it even more isolated, but we're also more global right now. So we're just seeing like humanity in a different way. I didn't mean to go out there, sorry, or in there. Well, that's what's <laughs> lovely about your podcast is like, you know, even within like Don and I doing Las Vegas, that show, yeah. Jubilee. Well, then there's the show you did with that had bluebells. And there's, of course, Lido. And there's, you know, all these different components of the sisterhood and brotherhood of being in these bluebell shows that, you know, I was talking about being in a number and only looking at our part of it. Well, now it's like Jubilee and only looking at that piece of the greater picture, which is Lido de Paris and all of these other wonderful shows that have not even just bluebells, but just dancers in general, like the family, the dancer family is enormous. We really all, we have our unique stories for sure, but there's usually a common thread, right? Mm-hmm. Along all of them. And we're really a part of this big, big, big family that we've only viewed this tiny slice of. And it's really cool to, to have these experiences to share the Sherry that you're having the podcast and um, that other gal, I've forgotten her name. I'm so sorry. Athena. Athena. <laughs> uh, I think it's special, you know, it's like, this is the time for storytelling because we are, you know, we're locked down and we don't have a lot of abilities right now to go and travel and see people and stuff. So stories, sharing stories is just a magnificent way of all of us connecting. Yeah. Cool. I'm not going to add anything else. That was perfect way to end. No, that was really good. I think that we'll just ponder that. And I want to say thank you to everybody out there listening, all you Bluebells, Bluebell fans, Bluebell adjacent, everyone who has been a part of this. So we're into a new you, new you, what? I, that's Anne saying new, a new new year. No, it's just a new year. <laughs> it's not a new new year. Oh my gosh. Okay. It's, we're going to blame it on age and too many things and a pandemic brain. Um, okay. That was beautiful. It was so fun to connect with you ladies because like you're, I just loved working with both of you. And so the, it made me so happy that you guys work together. And then yep. all this overlap is, is really fun when your worlds come together like that. So yeah. be well, my friends. And uh, until we can meet in person and go dance and, uh, in, in real life somewhere out in Washington while you're still here, or we'll go to Vegas for a trip when that's open. <laughs> Do it yeah. up right. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> Right okay, on. au revoir. Au revoir. Au revoir. Au revoir.